Hello friends, and welcome to Ghost Emoji. I'm Becca, and this is Taylor. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about ghost marriages. Yep, because it's the, the month of matrimony and love. For Taylor. For Taylor, yeah. As of last year. She got married. Never again. Never again. Don't get me wrong, I loved getting married, but even as like a chill bride, I uh it's a lot. It's a lot to do. If you wanna feed into all those societal wedding norms as I did. Mm. Weddings. Still haven't had one. Don't know what that's like. But you've been in them. Oh, boy howdy have I. You've been all up in them. I've been all up in them. Anyways, we're going to talk about ghost marriages. It's going to be kind of a shorter episode. Um, And then I think next week we're probably going to talk about uh, it because we went and saw that yesterday. Yeah. And it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Let's figure everyone in America will have seen it by then. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) It apparently did really good at the box office, so. Mm. Yeah. I think it was like the number two rated R movie opening I don't know, ever or this year or something. It's doing okay. They'll be fine. Yeah. But today it's all about ghost weddings and ghost marriages. Because originally we were going to do like wedding folklore and scary ghost stories and stuff like that. Oh, my tummy is digesting my dinner. Sorry, guys. What'd you eat for dinner? Ooh, I had um some... It's like a tandoori chicken. It's just called the 65 chicken at the Indian grocer where we mm. get takeout and uh, sog paneer and rice. I came home from, from the gym and Mark, my sweet my sweet prince from heaven, was like, do you want Indian food? And I just pushed him down to the ground and I snatched out of his hands like a little goblin. <laughs> I'm really glad that didn't go anywhere sexual. I was like, oh my god, are you going to tell me something inappropriate? No, I was just very and then hungry. I like how you were like, and then I snatched it out of his hands like a little goblin. <laughs> that's me. That's as sexual as it gets. Uh, so that's why it's delicious. But my stomach is, it always, it's a loud digestion process because they don't mess around. There's no, there's no mild. It's an Indian grocer. You take it how they give it to you. It's delicious, but it hurts. Ouch, baba. <laughs> hurts so good. Mm-mm-mm. Ouch! But now I'm home and and pumped up and ready to talk about not wedding folklore, as I was saying before, because this kind of came up when I was trying to look up stuff, and I was like, this is way more interesting, and I just felt weird mixing like an actual like cultural practice in with folklore stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably get to those later because we did find a bunch, but this was just way, way more interesting to me, <laughs> at least. I found some fucking weird ones. All the ones I found weren't like cool and sort of like, <laughs> I don't know, you know how some things you're like, oh, that sounds so cool and kind of like old timey and weird and interesting. I just found gross ones. So uh, Well, old timey stuff is gross. I mean, it's true. <laughs> a lot of it is gross. They were just used to it. Yeah. I've never brushed my teeth. Ever. <laughs> Dental hygiene is not not high on the on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. I mean, they only live to be about 30, so. Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, yes. 
Yes, I would. So, and again, I'm taking most of mine from an article that I read um, on Atlas Obscura called Corpse Brides, Corpse Brides, Corpse Brides and Ghost Grooms, A Guide to Posthumous Marriage. And that's pretty much where all my information came because it was all in one neat little package because it is just this one article with a couple of like supplemental stuff. If we get anything wrong, we're very sorry. Cause like I said, this is like some people it's, it's their cultural stuff. And so when we're talking about it, we're just trying to kind of look at it as something that we think is really interesting. We're not trying to disparage anybody's, you know, practices that they do. Uh -uh. Cause that's not cool. Then some of this is like out of necessity and you know stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. But from what I read on the Wikipedia, 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 Wikipedia is God. It's the end all be all. It's, it's where all the info is. I said Wikipedia like Mario. Anyways, <laughs> Mario is is God too. It's <laughs> my mini deities, Mario, Wikipedia. When I tell people I'm praying for them, I'm not praying to God. I'm praying to Mario, Cthulhu, and Lord Santos. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you leave Lord Santos out of there. You won't live to see the morning. I'll miss you. <laughs> so anytime I've been like, I'll pray for you, that's who I'm praying to. Anyways, Aww. we're moving on. Yeah, we're getting to it. Okay. So uh, posthumous marriage, which is, I guess, the more like, nice term for ghost weddings. I was just drawn to ghost weddings because I like the word ghost in general. Um, it's an established practice in China, Japan, Sudan, France, um, and even in the United States, the main people who practice it uh, to some extent are people who are in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, which is Mormons. Um, the first one that we're going to talk about is in China. Um, let's see, in China and among the Chinese in Taiwan and Singapore, ghost marriages are performed to address a variety of social and spiritual ills. Chief among these are the desire to placate the restless spirit of those who have gone to their grave unmarried. Because um, there's, if you are unmarried and you don't have children, when you die, there's no one to, like, it's called because there's a lot of like ancestral worship and stuff like that and if you don't have anyone to be an ancestor to then your spirit basically will go without being taken care of in the afterlife there's also an issue where an older brother should be married before his younger brother so if an older brother dies before he can be wed then there's this issue of well how are we going to marry the younger brother because his older brother wasn't married and so it would be like inappropriate i guess to marry him off beforehand so um there's also uh from 1978 the one child policy has led to uh pretty skewed um sex ratios it's uneven um and there's an overabundance of single men and so there's just a lot of reasons why someone might choose to do this. Um, a family may come to believe that the deceased person is communicating a desire to be wed. This can take form with a spirit wreaking general havoc on the family, like causing illnesses that don't respond to conventional treatments, or even just flat out appearing in a dream 
or while being channeled through a spirit medium and just asking to be married, which is much more straightforward. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is direct. <laughs> so just get to the to the heart of the problem. Uh, most ghosts, uh, most ghost marriages are conducted to unite the spirits of two departed souls rather than wedding a dead person to a living one. Um, so it really is a ghost marriage to ghosts. Um, it may seem harmless to conduct a postmortem ritual designed to make two ghosts happy, um, but the practice of matchmaking dead men with worthy ghost brides has occasionally resulted in criminal depravity. Um, in March 2013, there was four men in northern China who were sentenced to prison for exhuming the corpses of ten women and selling them as ghost brides to the family of deceased unmarried men. Because you do, I guess you do need the bodies to perform the ceremony. Oh. So it's led to a, a spot of, of grave robbing. That's that's <laughs> not cool. No, it's a little it's a little rude. It's like could we not I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> um let's see. And then for deceased women, ghost marriage offers social and spiritual advantages in China's uh gosh, this word always gives me trouble. Patrilineal? Patrilineal. You see it just rolled off your tongue. Like you say what that word say? every day. I do. <laughs> <laughs> In China's patrilineal society, a woman who dies single without having had children has no one to worship her memory or tend to her spirit. According to Chinese tradition, a dead woman cannot be memorialized within her family's home. Her spirit tablet, which is a memorial to a dead person that's displayed in a home altar that honors family ancestors, um, it's forbidden from being placed among the family in which he grew up. So, like, you know, in your mother or father's house. A deceased married woman, by contrast, gets to have her spirit tablet put on display in her husband's home. So ghost marriage, therefore, ensures that a woman's spirit can be worshipped by bringing her into the family of a husband who has been chosen for her after her death. Um, And if a couple is engaged and the man dies before the wedding, the woman can engage in a ghost marriage by marrying her fiancé's spirit. So that one would be a case where a living person marries a ghost. But this one isn't as common because during the ceremony, well, not because of this. I thought this was, this isn't cute, I guess. I just, chickens are cute to me. I don't know. During the ceremony, a white rooster stands in for the groom. um, And according to Lucas J. Swartz, in Grave Vows, a cross-cultural examination of the varying forms of ghost marriage among five societies, the bird also rides in the bridal carriage post-ceremony and thereafter accompanies the bride to formal dealings with the groom's family. Such cases are rare due to the requirements placed on the bride, which I mis- I don't know if they're just assuming or talking about the fact that she has to take this bird everywhere with her when she talks to the family, um, or just that you'd have to take a vow of celibacy because you are technically, I guess, married. To this ghost. Yeah, and you have to live with your dead husband's family, so. Yeah, that's. It's, it seems a little hard. Yeah, I mean, a lot to, to deal with when you don't actually have, like, the husband to be there with you. I don't know if I could take a vow of celibacy. Like, I could understand, like, never getting married again, but taking mm-hmm. a vow of celibacy is kind of fucked up. Yeah. But it's all about getting that spirit taken care of, because. True. It's a very big deal. It's, you know. I mean, I guess if she's entering that agreement willingly, it's it's not fucked up. It's mm-hmm. just me thinking about my own personal, like, feelings. Yeah, but then you think about what if, like, you enter into it and you think you can handle it and then later on... You can't. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what happens. It's just sad. It just makes me sad to think, like, someone could 
think they could handle it and then i don't know because mm-hmm. i mean with being a nun you can enter a nun being a nun and like take a vow of celibacy but if you know you ever want to leave the church you can mm-hmm. <laughs> so well plus usually you get a chance in the beginning to kind of test the waters a little bit if you join when you're young and then you take your final vows yeah after like a few years to make sure it's what you really want yeah but that's it for what i have on chinese ghost marriage so now we're moving on to japan so the main factor that distinguishes japanese ghost marriage from its chinese counterpart is the incorporation of non-human spouses um a deceased person is not married to a person living or dead but to a doll uh, the most common ghost marriage is between ghost man and bride doll, but ghost women are occasionally united with tiny inanimate grooms. Um, Chinese-style ghost marriage between a living woman and deceased man formerly took place in Japan, but was replaced in the 1930s by man-doll marriage. That's such a weird sentence. <laughs> um, the shift happened due to an increase in young single men dying during the war, and the Japanese invasion of Manchuria. The high number of casualties made it too difficult to find enough live brides for them all. And then during a bride doll wedding ceremony, a photo of the dead man is placed in a glass case alongside the doll to represent their union. The tableau stays in place for up to 30 years, at which point the man's spirit is considered to have passed into the next realm. Uh, The symbolic companionship is designed to keep the ghost husband calm and prevent him from causing unrest within his living family. Yep. So more about the spirit again. I thought it was going to be more like, um, which I don't know why I thought this, but uh, that, oh my god, uh, what's his name? He did Uzumaki and Gyo and... Um, Junji Ito? Yeah, Junji Ito. There's that one story about the girl who um, gets married and her husband's family, like, they do a special ritual where they're, like relatives um once they die their their spirit is still like kind of there like you see them and stuff and then like over time they slowly sort of wither away as they pass on to the next realm and um anyways it turns out well i don't want to spoil it but um i don't remember what that story was called was it like one of his big stories or was it like one of the short stories it was a short story i think it was in one of his anthologies yeah, when you say short story, he's a like a manga artist. Yeah, sorry, so. but um, it's really interesting. It was really a, it was a good short story. Junji Ito is so good. Yeah, but um, anyways, moving on to France. Yes, on to France. Um, France is the rare country in which it is explicitly legal for a living person to marry a dead one. I don't know if we covered it in the other two, but it's. In China, I think it is illegal, but it's still practiced a lot, like, in the northern territories. Um, Which makes sense why the grave robbing was kind of a big deal. Because I was like, I mean, if the families both agreed to it, I was like, I guess that makes sense. But since it's illegal, that, yeah, okay, that makes a lot Mm -hmm. more, that clears that up. Yeah. But in this one, um, in France, it is explicitly legal. Article 171 of the French Civil Code, the laws by which the country is governed, states that the President of the Republic may, for grave reasons, authorize the celebration of the marriage where one of the future spouses is dead. Um, The living person must prove that the couple intended to marry and has to obtain permission to wed from the deceased's family, which... It sounds good, but it makes me sex. Like, what if your, you know, fiance's family really hated you and then they die and they're like, 
no way. Like, it sucks that our, you know, son or daughter is dead, but at least now we can keep you from marrying them after the fact. Yeah, that that makes me think of a lot of, like, what was that one movie? And I mean, it happens in real life, I'm sure, where, like, um, a couple that's same sex uh, will attempt to, or will be together and one of them dies and then the family, you know, won't let them collect things from their deceased spouse or their deceased um, partner and stuff like that. It's just sad. Yeah. Well, and just the whole thing of like, you know, whether you can be legally called next of kin, maybe you can like visit in the hospital when they're, you know, ill or dying. Yeah. It just sucks because there are so many people who have like not a healthy relationship with their family and, you know... I don't know if I would entrust, like, after I die, my, well, I mean, I guess they wouldn't be weird, but, like, if you had, you know, a tense relationship with your family and having them be in control of that is scary mm-hmm. and unfortunate and unfair. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see. Where was I? Um, if the president chooses to grant the wedding request, the marriage becomes retroactive from the day before the deceased person's death. Um, the living person does not acquire the dead person's assets or property, but if a woman is pregnant at the time of her partner's death, the child, when born, is considered an heir to the deceased. So, I guess I don't totally understand with this one, if it's just kind of like, so that you could say you were married, if you were already engaged to be married, like, for your own sense of peace because if you're not not that that's the only reason you marry someone but if it's you know if you like shared a home together or something and it doesn't go to you because you weren't technically married or something you can't get any of the assets or property well there's also i think part of it is they're saying like if you have a kid and you were pregnant before the the deceased person died because you know, a lot of the time in wills and stuff, not that they would have necessarily known they were going to have kids, but um, that would affect, you know, your your child's ability to get any sort of anything from their parents' estate. Like, not even just money, but like property or, you know, sentimental things or... But if you don't have kids together... Well, this is just if you have a kid. Yeah, but I'm just saying the beginning part when it says that the living person cannot acquire any of the person's assets or property once they're ghost married. Hmm. So it's like, okay, other than my own peace of mind, like that, you know, the legal part of it is also kind of important. If not, you know, not romantic necessarily, but... Practical. Yeah, I was going to say that that's, I don't know, I... Hopefully if you both had a, hopefully if they had a house, they would both be on the lease or the, the contract or whatever, but that is, that, that seems really tricky. I feel like they should probably update this. And only if the president says it's okay. <laughs> uh, I have a letter from the president and he says it's okay. See, the article enabling postmortem matrimony is a relatively recent edition. Uh, the story behind the edition begins with a disaster and this is depressing. Um, mm. on, well, I mean, it's the thing about ghost marriage, so I don't know why we thought it would be chipper, but this part... Well, just, no, but... This part's a super bummer. Um, on December 2nd, 1959, the Malpasse or Malpasset, I don't know, dam just north of the French Riviera collapsed, unleashing a furious wall of water that killed 423 people. Um, when the president, Charles de Gaulle, visited the devastated site, a bereaved woman, Irene Jodard... 
uh, pleaded to be allowed to marry her dead fiancé. On December 31st, French Parliament passed the law permitting posthumous marriage. Hundreds of grieving French fiancés have since married their departed sweethearts. Um, Almost 95% of the requests to marry a deceased partner is from women, Mm. which is different because the other two we've talked about, it's predominantly men. Like, women do do it, but it seems like it's usually because... The man being married is is more important. Right. Let's see. Post-image marriages continue to be granted in France, usually under heartbreaking circumstances. Ugh. In 2009, 26-year-old Magali Jaskiewicz, Magali Jaskiewicz married her deceased fiancé and father of her two children, Jonathan George, or Jonathan and George? Just as Jonathan George, who died at 25 Oh, her fiancé's name was probably Jonathan George. Okay. Who died at 25 in a car accident two days after asking her to marry him. Aww. I know. And they had babies together. That's so sad. I know. That's too sad. I hate this. So how does that work? If it's if a pregnant woman, what happens if you already have kids? Then I assume that he probably, if well, he's 25. I don't know if he wrote a will. I don't have a will and I'm 29. I guess they would have, I mean, he would at least be, like, they would be listed, you know, he'd be listed as their father. Yeah. I don't know. This one seems more like it's based on, like, heart feelings as opposed to, like, making sure that your ancestors are taken care of and that there's someone to, like, you know, tend to your spirit after you're dead and make sure that you're fed and got all your your spirit needs taken care of. This one's more just like, I'm really sad because I thought we were going to get married and then they died. It's rough. It's like my worst nightmare. Well, it can't happen to you, but it can happen to me. It can't happen to you. I've already got a a husband. Oh, a husband. You know, he could still kick it though. I love him he so could. much. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like kind of still sleepy, delirious, and I'll be looking at him and I'm like, "Is he breathing?" And then I'll kind of hit him because I can't see it and it's dark. And as soon as I hit him, he's always like, I'm not dead. Because he knows exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not dead. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fair. He wakes me up sometimes. Not usually with, you know, thinking that I'm dead. But it's it's payback. That's fair. I do the same thing to Kitty. Sometimes I wake up and she'll be curled up in my nook. And I'm like looking at her. And it's really dark. And my eyes aren't like totally focused yet. And I just, I can't tell. And I'll push her, and she'll be, like, in that super deep sleep, and so she won't, like, respond right away. And I'm like, oh, she's dead. Oh, God, my cat has died on me in my sleep. And then I push her, and Mark's like, stop pushing her. She's alive. We're all alive. I don't hit Ryan, but occasionally I'll listen to his back to hear his heart. Oh, that's kind of cute. It's a little less violent, but, you know. I was going to say, it's no hitting. I mean, I can't be, don't get me wrong, I'm not that sweet. I mean, I used to have the weird, like, sleep jealousy when I was having my bouts of um, insomnia, where if he would fall asleep before me, or I would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be asleep and he wouldn't be bothered, I would pinch him. So, I mean. That's um, very rude. Exactly. So, (laughs) I can't, I can't, like, pretend like I'm super sweet all the time. I don't do it anymore, but I used to. I was about to, I thought you were going to talk about your weird desire to, uh. To slap his drink out of his hand sometimes. Oh, yeah. I want to punch Coke cans out of his hand just for funsies. I feel like it'd be really satisfying just to do it one time. Just pop him right in the, the soda can. 
<laughs> just watch his like lip quiver when he's like, my soda. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? I mean, to be fair, I think about doing it to anyone, not just him. So I think you see him more often. So yeah, there's I have more, more opportunity. Yes, exactly. <sighs> All right. Well, next up is Sedan. Within the Noir, Noir? I don't know. Noir? Ethnic group. N-U-E-R. Please tell me how to pronounce that. <laughs> Noir, Noir, ethnic group of southern Sudan. Ghost marriages happen in a very particular way. If a man dies without male heirs, a kinsman frequently marries a wife to the dead man's name. Um, this is according to Alice Singer in Marriage Payments and the Exchange of People. Uh, the janitor or the biological father, then behaves socially like the husband, but the ghost is considered the patter or legal father. So, dang, that's weird. Well, it's not weird, but it's like, it's it's just... Mostly, I guess it's weird. I'm not understanding the, like, language that she's using. Kinsman just means someone who's related to you, right? Um, Or just, like, I think, like, someone, like, in their their village or a friend of... Just a buddy. Yeah, I mean, I guess could kinsman, be related, I do think could not kin... Be. Just the way they phrased that sentence was a little peculiar. Um, it's because they're trying to sound fancy. I'm not fancy, okay? Um, just lay it down for us. <laughs> what does it really mean? Just be direct. <laughs> um, so the woman marries a living man who stands in for the dead one and any offspring, while biologically fathered by the living husband, are considered to be descendants of the dead man. That's sort of sad, though, because then, like, even though it's your kid and I guess it doesn't, like... I don't know. I mean, you're still raising them, but it sort of seems sad that you forfeit, like, biological ownership, which sounds weird. But, um, this arrangement, which often is carried out when the, when a newer man, uh, dies in a feud, is conducted in order to secure both the property and ongoing lineage of the dead man. The woman receives a payment at the time of the ghost marriage, a fee known as the bride price, which may include blood wealth money from the uh, those who are responsible for the death of the man, as well as payment in the form of cattle that once belonged to the deceased man. In this way, newer posthumous, posthumous marriages maintain the social order by redistributing wealth and property. That seems really fair. It, it's sad about his friend, though. Well, that's, I'm kind of confused because sometimes when I read this, I'm... Because if they are, if she's being paid by someone who was responsible for the death of her first husband, does that mean the person that she's marrying is from the group who killed them? I don't think so. I was going to say, but it still seems like it's something that's done in in good faith, being like, hey, sorry, you know, we want to make sure that your kids are still taken care of and are still, like, attributed to your husband. Yeah. But just the whole blood wealth money thing i'm like why is that in there i don't know i don't know i like the idea of maintaining social order by redistributing wealth and property though and just making sure like they're taken care of Mm -hmm. but it's still sort of sad that uh because it's like what's confusing is they're really worried about making sure that the ongoing lineage of the dead man is like carried out but what about you know his his friend or whatever who forfeits that i don't know it's just it's well that's what i'm wondering is if like if he's like part of the responsible party is that kind of like why he's having to forfeit it like you are responsible for this man dying so now you're going to have his kids and they're going to be the original husbands 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I hope that they don't have. I mean, I guess they wouldn't have to, but I hope they don't have to marry someone who killed their husband. That seems kind of fucked up. Brutal. Yeah, and fucked up. Um, I was just hoping it was like a friend or someone who volunteers and like, you know. Yeah, when you hear kinsmen, it sounds like, I don't know, like I hear like, you know, kith and kin. It's kind of like a friend or not necessarily family, but like, you know, kinsmen. So maybe we should have done more research. <laughs> I'd, if you guys know anything about it, let us know, because apparently we don't know that much about it. I just have a lot of questions. Maybe we'll have a follow up episode where we talk about it more. Maybe. And I'll learn how to pronounce it properly. I'll just look up on Google, but like pronounce it but like new air. New air. It might be that. How new does Microsoft air. Sam say it? I mean, he can't pronounce my last name, so I don't trust him. <laughs> he goes, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> it's cute. Sound like a dog. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I like it. Arf, arf. I don't like that as much. Yeah, that one. Let's keep that one. Okay. okay. Becca. Becca. Oh, I love it. You can have it. Oh, I already have. I already have mine that I don't know what I'm gonna do with. Last names are weird. Marriage is weird. It is because part of me is like, no, I want my last name, and I'm like, but it's still some dude's name, and then I'm like, well, I want my grandpa's last name, and I'm like, but that's just. Some dude's name. <laughs> it just it never ends. It's like, well, when does it stop? It doesn't. Mark it slapped doesn't. down my idea to change our last name to Crushbone. Why? Okay, I tried to get Ryan to change ours. I was like, let's just make a new one. And I was like, they already call you Mr. Strawberry. Let's just be Becca and Ryan Strawberry. And he's like, no. And I was like, but it's so cute. Please. Didn't you also please try to get it changed to Shepherd? Yes. I've, I've, we've spitballed quite a few, like, let's make our own new name, and he shoots it down every time. I mean, I know that his last name's cool, but, I mean, honestly, Crushbone is way cooler than anything else could be, and so is Shepard, and so is, so is Strawberry, honestly. Yeah, I like names that are words, except for my last name, which is Cook, so it's not, it's a word, but it's, it doesn't. It's not a fun word. It's just an occupation. Mine's is... just guttural and horrible, so. It's like a, a Krogan last name. Yeah. You sound like a burp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful last name. Mm-hmm. I'll be Taylor Crushbone in my heart, but not on paper. I'll be Rebecca Strawberry. It's okay. That's so cute. I know. And he won't let me. I'm just going to change my last name. And then he was like, well, as long as our kids have my last name. And I was like, no, they're going to have my last name. (laughs) Just like our pets do. Our pets both have my last name. (laughs) Could he be, could he just be like a different fruit? He'd be like a lemon because he's sour. Because he's a turd. He can be Ryan Turd. That's no, that doesn't fit with the gotta stay in the fruit family. Mm, he can be what's that one that smells like shit? Durian? Durian. He can be Ryan Durian. Oh, but. Or he just, could be a papaya which smells like vomit. It tastes like vomit. Oh, it tastes like vomit? To me, it tastes like vomit. 
I've never actually tasted it. Oh, some so. people really like it. I ate a really good one in Hawaii. So if I just eat strictly Hawaiian papaya, I think I'll be okay. That shouldn't be difficult at all. <laughs> Tastes like bile. Yuck. Sorry to papaya and durian lovers. I know. I I just got I got weird taste, man. I like what More I like. More for you. More for you. Yeah, bury yourself in durian. Oh, don't. Oh. Mm. Don't do that. It smells like dead bodies. They'll mm. never find you. They'll think you're already dead. They'll leave you. You can be a ghost. You can be a ghost. <laughs> you could be a part of a ghost marriage. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, not everybody wants to be a part Boy, of a howdy. ghost marriage. Boy, howdy. Hot dog. Oh, no. Mormonism. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, now we're on Mormonism. This is the last one that we have. So let's see how quickly we can get through it or if we're gonna if we're going to drag it out. You know I love to drag it out. I know you do. Drag it out. Drag it out like a dead body. If we can get back on talking about train, you know I can stretch this to an hour. You know I can. Choo-choo. We're not going to talk about train anymore. We're not. Because you hate train. I don't want to do that to you. I do. You're going to get all riled up right before bed. (laughs) I can't sleep. I'm too mad. You're just going to be laying there just like... (laughs) Pounding your fists on the mattress and Ryan's going to be like, please, I gotta sleep. I got work tomorrow. He'll be like, train is so bad. I don't understand. <laughs> and then he'll be messaging you. Why did you let her talk about it? Why I, did you let her? I tried to stop it. I, just, I tried enough. to stop the hate train and it left the station. I couldn't do anything to stop it. Choo-choo. Mormonism. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> According to the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, marriage is eternal and death is but a blip, which is a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be married into eternity. Yeah. Sounds so long. I don't know if I want to do that. I feel like a lifetime is enough. <laughs> I see you woke up today. <laughs> what? That's, oh, God. Dr. Katz has completely permeated my life. There was a, there was a bit that Wanda Sykes did on it where she talked about how like you know people get married and it's supposed to be till death do us part but she's like now we got antibiotics and tofu and and you know people just living forever and just talks about rolling over and seeing your partner and being like I see you woke up today oh my god no that's not what I mean (laughs) maybe you should start smoking what the hell? If, if that's how you feel when you roll over, you need to get divorced. Just get divorced, say, please. Just, just do it. Oh, no. I just, you know, I figure once we're dead, we're dead. We don't need to. Ugh. Well, Anyways. once you're in the great beyond, I feel like your your concept of time and stuff, you're just going to be like two blobs in the singularity. So you can be married if you want. Two blobs in love. Yeah, I mean, that's how it should be. I I want it to be like in What Dreams May Come, where you, like, get to basically live in your house with all of your, like, pets that have died and your kids and whatever when they join you. I don't like the whole suicide thing, though, that they had. That was not, that was not great. No, was very, that wasn't like, fun. It was very effective, but very, very upsetting and a little unfair. And by little, I mean a lot. And then your son, your son is Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. I forget why that happened. I haven't seen that movie in a minute because it depresses the shit out of me. Uh, yeah, it messes with me real bad. Um, it's because that was what his um 
the dad's oh my god his mentor when he was becoming a doctor he was like i guess his um i don't remember what the word is but he because basically his was protege? his mentor yeah and um well or he was dad, his protege yeah and so it was like a younger version of him like when he knew him and stuff and um so the son decided to appear as him because he knew he would trust him and um it would be comforting and stuff because it was sort of like a father figure to the dad who would i appear to my dad as marlon brando in the godfather (laughs) (laughs) yeah who does my dad trust more than marlon brando i don't know who i would appear to as my dad spider-man spider Spider-Man. You could trust me. Yeah. Uh, We're never going to finish this. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> Death is but a blip. <laughs> Matrimony, known as sealing in Mormonism, binds a couple to one another for the rest of their lives and beyond, provided that both spouses conduct themselves according to the LDS interpretation of the teachings of Jesus Christ. The Mormon belief that marriage is eternal allows for a wedding ceremony to be performed on those who have already died in a manner similar to posthumous Mormon baptisms. Uh, these proxy sealing ceremonies, which take place in an LDS temple, are intended to be initiated only by the descendants of those concerned. But as Max Perry Mueller wrote in a 2012 Slate article, that's not always the case. Mueller detailed the case of yuck. Thomas Jefferson and one of his slaves, Sally Hemings, neither were Mormon during their lifetimes, but uh, they were also not married. But in the eyes of the LDS Church, they are now sealed to one another for eternity, having been both posthumously baptized and posthumously wed. Yuckerino. Poor Sally. That sucks. Like, it's one thing to be told that you're, like, a certain religion after you're dead, but then to have to be married to someone who very likely, like, raped you, like, for your time in his service. Like, I know there's, like, a lot of, like, back and forth about whether, like, they were actually, like, in love or whatever. But, I mean, he's he's her her owner or her master. I feel like the, the dynamic of that, there can't be consent when one no. of you is, like, under threat of being punished if you don't do what the other one says. Yeah, it's the power dynamic is not. It's the same way with like a lot of um incestuous relationships and stuff where it's like there's a power dynamic there that does not allow for consent to actually be given. Like I don't know. It's just that's that's really not okay. No. It's not okay. That example aside, which I hate, but just in general I guess it's saying, like, it's your descendants, but it's kind of weird that, like, they're, I guess, I think this one I should have done more research on, but I feel like I looked up something, and I don't know, I feel like I'm going to come across super ignorant, so I'm so sorry, but I think that you have to be married, like, to be considered, like, saved, or, like, going to Mormon heaven, (laughs) from what I read. Like, that's part of, like, because Jesus was, like, wedded to the church, like, you must be wed to someone. So maybe that's why you need to be married, even if it's posthumously. I'm just trying to think of, like, because all of these seem like they had a reason for, like, why it's important for someone to be married, even if they're dead and can't, like, give the okay for it. But I, on this one, that's the only one I can think of. 
Uh, I mean, this probably isn't a very good, like, source, since it says top ten craziest Mormon beliefs. So oh, let's that's try and kind of rude. It's a little offensive. Um, yeah. Real ugly website. Whoever did this, like, it's definitely hasn't been updated since 2012, but this looks like a peak 2002 website. Hmm. It's got any gifts on it? No. I wish. Where's your adoptables? Come on. <laughs> Where are your sister sites? What's the the view count at the bottom? Mm, let's look. There isn't one. What the hell? This isn't a real GeoCities sub website. <laughs> it's a .edu. God, this is just a lot of text. I just I typed it in and I didn't get like any real answers other than top ten craziest Mormon beliefs. Even if I don't believe in it, uh, all Mormon people pretty much I've ever met have been super duper nice. Like, they care a lot about family and spending time together. Can't drink caffeine, so I would go to Mormon hell. Just fill my pockets with energy drinks and throw me off your planet. I'm just going to sink to the bottom, and I'm going to love every minute of it. Now I really want to know, because I don't want to look like a dick. <laughs> I'm never going to find this. Ugh. Well, I apologize if I got that wrong. I just... I felt like I remembered reading it today when I was trying to, like, look up and verify some of these. And I thought I saw one that said that as Jesus is wed to the church, you must be wed to someone else to be able to get into heaven. And if that's wrong, then fooey on me. I mean, I don't think we have enough listeners, really, to, like, offend, so. Yeah, but I, I still want to I still and- don't want to, I know, but, you know. I goofed it up. I opened my big mouth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do, 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 do. Hmm. Apparently in the early 1980s, the Mormon church banned oral sex even for married couples. How are they going to enforce that? I don't want to know. I honestly don't want to know. Um, nope, you were right. Okay. From the 1830s, marriage has been a central and distinctive component of Mormon theology. Mormon teachings on bar- marriage begins with the belief that if performed by a person who has the requisite priesthood authority, a marriage may continue in the afterlife. Such a marriage is called a celestial marriage or a temple marriage, and is per- a particular instance of a sealing which binds people together in the afterlife. Celestial marriage is considered to be a requirement for entry into the highest degree of the celestial kingdom, the highest degree of heaven in Latter-day Saint theology, and is thought to allow the participants to continue to have spirit children in the afterlife and become gods. According to Mormon belief, the continuance of a celestial marriage in the afterlife is contingent upon the couple remaining righteous. In rare cases, a couple's exaltation may be made sure through the ritual of the second anointing. Yes! So you're right. I'm not ignorant. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Lord Santos. This Wikipedia thing is making me real mad. (laughs) Why? Because I'm reading about their beliefs on, like, same-sex marriage and LGBT oh, people that and probably... stuff like that. It's not yeah. good. It's making me a little mad. You can have all the, the family game nights in the world, but if your core belief still involves that and you're invested in it, then you're not nice. And I won't I won't play trouble with you. You're still a bigot. If I do, I'm going to cheat. I am. I'm going to steal your lunch money. It's fun getting into trouble. <laughs> I wish you'd sing it more. It's fine getting into trouble. Is that better? Yeah, that was kind of a weird note at the very end, but I love it. I love it. And that's it.
that's all we've got. That's all. We did it. I like how this one's still almost going to be like an hour, but after I cut out a lot of the hemming and hawing over whether or not I'm an ignorant asshole, then uh, it might it might be one of our shorter episodes. Yay! Woo! Kept it nice I and tight. I wish we had an insert of that, that like, all the little kids being like, yay! <laughs> I could probably find one. I have thought about, like, if we ever, for any reason, got like miraculously in another universe some kind of like sponsorship or something where we had to do a bump in the middle i just wanted to fill it with like stock ghost noises like scary laughter uh ghosts um chains rattling uh the the stabbing noise from psycho perfect the jaws music yeah there's so many things i just want i just want to be able to do it but there's nothing to do it to the Halloween music. Well, some of that stuff I don't know if we can use. So a lot of it would just be spooky, scary noises like the old tapes you could buy for, like, Halloween. You could play, like, just inside the door. I mean, if you want spooky, scary noises, I can just go get a skeleton, a spooky, scary skeleton from Michael's and jangle it in front of the mic. And then you have bone sounds. You might as well just, like, jangle some keys in front of it. It's going to sound the same. No, it won't, Taylor. It uh, will not. I'll be able to to hear the the craft store goodness. Mm. Uh, I saw a Crafty. thing on Tumblr that said, or not was it Tumblr or Twitter? It doesn't matter. But same thing. <laughs> Self care is going to Michael's during Halloween. It is, and I was like, it that's truly is. very true. It's so true. There's a lot of things you can do for yourself. You know, do your dishes, wash your hair, moisturize. But, but man, it feels good to go in there when it's it's all fallified and there's skulls and glitter shit everywhere. We're gonna have to do like special episodes for October. I feel like oh, that's too much pressure. Let's just pretend that it's a normal month. No. <laughs> oh, I woke Kitty up. I'm sorry. Oh God. No, I will think on it. I will consider it. I'm trying to decide what I want to be for Halloween. I already told you my ideas. I know, and they're so good. I know. I either want to be Wendy from The Shining, uh, Witch Dagger from Night in the Woods, or the one I really want to do but don't know if I can pull together, The Final Pam. That one would be so good. A la The Monster Factory. Which which version of Final Pam, though? That was what I was kind of torn with. Like, I think I would want to go full on, like, Bloodborne, Feather Boa you know elvis hair pam yes but i'd have to buy like a bustier it's a lot of work how am i gonna make my eyes look like that i guess i'll just have sunglasses on yeah the sunglasses will honestly be the easiest part (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i mean there's so many different versions there's tuxedo pam oh tuxedo pam is good there's regular like summer housewife pam that's the one i would probably be domestic pan would probably be the easiest but even then i don't own no high-waisted khakis get out of here yeah me either i'm all about high-waisted but get that khaki shit out of my face want some khaki slacks no no get them khaki slacks out of here grandma i have been um leslie nope and her pawnee goddess get up the last two years and part of me justifies it by how much money i spent buying all of the patches 
mm-hmm. for that fucking vest that I need to be her for like at least two more years, but I'd like to spice it up. It's hard. It's been a while. Yeah. Since I've had more um, than like one idea. And now I'm like, I don't do more than one thing. I usually have like one Halloween party. And then now that I have a house, I pass out candy to children. I'm jealous. I wish that we could pass out candy to children. But... You can come over to my house and pass out candy to kids. Okay. But you got to commit to the scary bit. Okay. Because this is we're a spooky house. We're not a fun, fun, happy house. That's fair. I want my neighbors to just think we're Halloween weirdos. Man, you know, I really wish what? I could do my Morticia one again, except I've got bangs now. But if Mark would dress up like Gomez. That would be amazing. I know. I know. I don't think he would ever do it because he's not really ever shown any interest in doing couples costumes, but that would be a very fun time. Ryan's been very cooperative. He was um a, what, Pawnee Ranger when mm-hmm. I was Pawnee Goddess, and he was... Dr. Allen, when I was Dr. Ellie from Jurassic Park. Dan the Dinosaur Man. Yeah, Dan the Dinosaur Man. I don't remember if his first name is Dan. I just remember in the third movie, they call him the Dinosaur Man. Yeah. If he really loved you, he would have dressed up as Dr. Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. What a a dill hole. Yeah. But he's so beautiful. So handsome. Man. Yikes. It's too late for this. I can't be thinking about Dr. Malcolm this close to bed. I'll never fall asleep. (laughs) She got too riled up. He's just so beautiful. I wish I could. I'm too sweaty. I'm thinking about Dr. Malcolm. Can't sleep. I know. I'm sweaty because I never showered after I got back from the gym. I just ate ate hot, sweaty food and got sweatier and then came in here and recorded. So now I'm going to go wash the filth off my body. That's a good plan. Yeah. I got to I gotta clean up these muscles. I fed them and now I got to wash them. Wash the muscles. Wash these muscles. Muscles. I got to I gotta buff up if I'm going to be Pam. Yeah, she's a human punch. She is. She's, she's real, <laughs> real beefcake. Yeah. I'm no longer tea cake. I am beefcake. If you were Pam, I would want to be Susan Crushbone, but she's so naked. I don't. I she can't is do a little that. bit naked. You could wear like <sighs> a like a bodysuit, like a full bodysuit, but just like draw on the bikini and stuff. <laughs> draw on the bikini. Well, because I mean, technically, because she's what she's kind of like bluish gray. She's an orc. Yeah. So you would instead of having to do the body paint, just wear like a you know zentai suit or something. I could be Turbo Vicky, but I'm not actually very attached to Turbo Vicky. She's really weird looking. I really liked in their in their wrestling thing. He's like, "Oh, this is a grim, grim face of death <laughs> that they've made." It's horrible. Uh, yeah, I could be the um the boy mayor of Second Life. I definitely could pull that off. Oh, be Trash Hulk. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, you could be my Trash Hulk, or my metal I, husband, or Rochi. Be Rochi. <laughs> Oh my god, I want to be Rochi. Oh, did I tell you? Okay, so I follow this person on Instagram, and uh, they dressed up as Pam, and they had a Rochi bag. Like, it was a bag. Oh, that's <laughs> it was a Rochi. amazing. It was so good. Was it handmade? Do you think they ordered it, it somewhere? I don't know. I asked them if it was a Roach bag, and they were like, yeah, but I can ask them. Oh, man, I just, it's so involved, but it would be so good, and no one would get it. No one would know who I am. I would... I, I would appreciate would. it. I mean, I even if no one gets it, it, they're going to be like, oh, God. 
Like, they'll be unnerved by me, and it's Halloween. That's all I can ask for. I really want a roach bag so I can have roachy. Just for every day. I hate roaches, but yeah, just for every day. Take it to my new job. Hi, this is my roach bag. <laughs> I'm totally a normal person. <laughs> this is roachy. He's the raddest roach. <laughs> uh, roachy. I love him. Well, we're we're at the end. We're over an hour now. Hopefully we'll have cut it down. Like how every time we're like, this one's going to be a little shorter, and then it's a thousand hours long. I mean, yeah. Can we do a little bit? I was thinking, because we only have so many followers, but I do appreciate the people who I know sometimes actually listen to it. So I kind of wanted to do like a little mini shout out and then see if they come to me afterwards and see if they're still listening. <laughs> That's <laughs> so manipulative, but okay. I'll start off with an easy one. And you can help me with this one because you are also friends with her. But I just want to give a shout out to Cherie. Thanks, Cherie. Whenever I come into the office, she always like puts her hands up and squeals and she's so enthusiastic. And even though she doesn't really love scary stuff and hasn't seen most of the movies that we talk about, she's just always very encouraging and asks what we're going to do and tells us that occasionally we're funny. That's very nice. Warms my heart. I want to shout out to Erica, because she listens to this, too. She's left us, like, our one of two comments on our YouTube. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> it felt so good to see it. I was like, oh, we got spam. And I was like, oh, it's, Erica. it's, it's an a, actual comment. It's a person, a person I know. And they like it. I'm so happy. That's the extent of people I know that are listening. No. Well, I kind of wanted to keep it going, so I was kind of, I feel like we kind of blew our load doing two in one, because I was hoping to stretch this out, but... Oh, whoops, sorry. I I gave you no, <laughs> I gave you no instruction, so... <laughs> there was no way for you to know. <laughs> That's it. Those are all of our shout-outs forever. <laughs> I have more, but that'll keep people coming back. Are you going to be our next shout-out? You better fucking comment. <laughs> I mean... For other listeners... You should like, subscribe, and review. Yeah, like Cherie, who has left us our one review on iTunes as of right now. Oh, she left us a review? She did. It's not enough to give us an average of stars, mind you. But it's there. Well, you know. I don't remember what she said about it, but it warmed my heart. And thank you. So step it up, other people, please. You can find us on Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. It's me. I do most of the updating, so if you hate all the black and white spooky gifts, I'm really sorry. But I really like them, and I'm trying to build a brand. We have an aesthetic, and this is it. <laughs> just just take it. You'll learn to love it. You'll learn to love it. Uh, see, our YouTube and our iTunes and Podbean are all under Ghost Emoji. So wherever you want to listen to it, we're on those. iTunes is probably the easiest to subscribe because, I mean, you probably have an iPhone. Apple is everywhere. You can't escape it. Just succumb. Are you ready to buy that $1,000 phone? No. I read that. They're like, your next phone's going to cost $1,000. I was like, not my next phone. I don't know who's got $1,000. I'm going to make this phone work till I die or it dies. And then it's going to have to be- to android probably are they that much cheaper i don't know all smartphones are freaking expensive now i hate it too smart for their own good i'm just gonna get a refurbished old apple because 
I do love my Apple products, but I ain't got a thousand dollars. Yeah, me either. Damn it, Apple. Ding, dang it, Apple. All right, well, we need to wrap it up, so. Yeah, we do. You guys, stay spooky. Bye-bye. You like how I left you hanging there? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> stay spooky, you guys. Dip. Bye. <laughs> ah! <laughs>